We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Uh, What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the pregame show here on Roto Grinders. Uh, live both on Roto Grinders and YouTube. Uh, don't forget, guys, if you are joining us right now, this is an interactive show. Have fun. Ask me questions. We're going to review a little bit about last night. We're going to talk a little bit about today's slate. We can talk some strategy I used. We can try to decipher what some of the best players and the biggest buy-ins used last night. A, a really fun show we have on Roto Grinders and and for free, you know, free for all, one of the easiest ways for you to get direct access to, you know, Jordan Blender HD. Uh, he does a lot of these. I'm going to be doing some of these for baseball. I'm sure eventually we'll have them for basketball. Uh, you know, in a couple of days, the schedule gets absolutely packed here on Roto Grinders. Um, so make sure, subscribe to YouTube. Every time we're live, you'll get a notification. Click the like button for us as well. Let us know we're doing a good job. And let's have some fun today. Uh, so guys, uh, the first thing I want to do, uh, I guess I'll wait a, a second for a couple of you guys to, to start coming into chat. Uh, say something in chat. Let me know you're in here. Uh, let's get some conversation going. But the first thing we got here, if any of you are premium subscribers, uh, we've added a specialist package, which is PSU fans. Uh, he's been around a long, long time playing a lot of the, uh, you know, the niche sports and fear my turtle. Uh, these guys, if you're a premium member, you can upgrade to get MMA, NHL, soccer, esports, tennis, college football, and college basketball. We're giving that to you for free for 30 days. Uh, right on the top of Roto Grinders, you'll see a big header. Again, this is for all premium members you subscribe to monthly uh, or the core four for 30 days. You can get it for free. Uh, make sure to check that out. Uh, if you want to play any of the niche sports, uh, these guys have great projections. They're going to be doing content for all of it. It'll all integrate into Lineup Builder as well. Uh, so, again, this is for premium subscribers. This is a new addition to Roto Grinders, sort of the, the specialist package. It's for the smaller sports. I uh, get a lot of great information from some of the best minds out there and uh, some really, really great projections from PSU fans and Fear My Turtle all into Lineup HQ. So, click that button. Uh, you can see something. Uh, it looks like a producer threw something in the chat. There's a little uh, video right on this page that kind of tells you what's going on. Um, if you wanted it all afterwards, it explains all the billing, uh, but it is free for 30 days. A big addition here at Roto Grinders. Go check it out if you are a premium member. All right, let's go to last night. Uh, do you guys want? Do you guys want to see what I did, or do you guys want to see what the people piling in thirty thousand dollars worth of entries into the perfect game did? Uh, I'm going to assume. You want to see what some of those guys did last night on Results DB? We can talk about that uh, right here. I've got the perfect game again. You could max enter this. This was like a 300, 333 buy in. You could max 100 entries into this. So a few of these guys, 
threw in three hundred or uh, thirty thousand dollars plus into this contest. Uh, really interesting to see when you have that much money on the line. Uh, your overall strategies, who you're playing on a, on something like last night. Uh, we can kind of go through here. Uh, the field on this, 70% Josh James, and we generally talk about the higher the buy-in, the sharper the field. Uh, I have this pulled up, and then I have the big, uh, you know, this was like the $10 on DraftKings last night. Uh, huge, let me go to picture here first, so it'll give us a better uh, example. Looks like I just destroyed everything I had done here. Uh, there we go. So you can see when the money was on the line, $3,300 entry, people can max this 100 times. Josh James, 70% owned in this contest, under 60% owned in the basic $10 on DraftKings. What did you guys do with Josh James last night? I actually have uh, my lineup HQ from last night pulled up. I played 100 entries last night, not in the uh, the 333 rate. I don't have $33,000 to possibly lose if it goes uh, awry. But uh, I was all in basically on Josh James. I gave myself a little bit of leeway uh, just in case, but I'm interested to see what you guys did with them. Basically, the only pitcher that we could project to possibly go deep with a lot of strikeout upside uh, I, I liked being overweight on him, and then I'm interested to see what you guys did with Tyler Glass now. So let me know in the YouTube chat uh, on Roto Grinders or on YouTube. Uh, I liked him last night, and you can see a, a couple of big names, Osimo, Utakao, um, Wings of Liberty, right? He put 25 into this. He ended up shipping the whole thing, so I was interested to see what his exposures were. Um, some real interesting strategies, right? You can see uh, Osimo basically – all in on Josh James, really heavy on Tyler Glass now. Not a lot much else going on for him at pitching. You can see Squirrel Patrol. You know, he typically plays uh, quite a few more players, right? And this, I think, goes with his normal strategy here. We've had him on these shows quite a few times, uh, and this is sort of exactly what I would expect out of him in terms of ownership. A little spread out, some of the good plays, but then mixing it up at the bottom, just really covering a lot of different bases. Uh, wakey wakey someone I always like to look at plays a little bit more concentrated uh, we'll pick you know specifically in the stack so it'll condense to two or three teams on a given night and see what happens there Yuta Kao, uh, you know he really went all in plays his projections and really rides with those so you can see he had those two guys projected uh, pretty well Papa Gates really off the board right so no almost no Josh James uh, all in on Mike Fultonevich. Ouch. Uh, all in on Wade Miley as your two highest owned pitchers. Double ouch. Uh, suffice to say, not an overall great night. If he did manage to get a glass now and a Hauser lineup, maybe a couple of those stacks did okay. But uh, that really hurt Papa Gates. And Wings of Liberty, right? He played 25 entries into this. Very concentrated again as well on glass now and James. I think the guys you can expect to do pretty well. Um, but uh, interested to see what some of you guys did on this. I ended up going underweight on glass now. Obviously, that did not work out in my favor. I capped his exposure at 25%. So my thoughts, you know, I like Josh James. I was more all in on him. I, I was like, Tyler Glass now, what's the max he's going to go? Four innings, right? And what's he, what's he going to need to really win a tournament for me? Like six or seven strikeouts, right? Two you know, just under two strikeouts per inning. I mean, that's pretty tough to do. And he goes out there and he gets uh, nine strikeouts in four innings. So that obviously didn't work out for me. That was one of my leverage spots that I used last night. You can see I went a little overweight Hauser. Uh, and I, try, I I ended up getting a little bit of Lester, Montgomery, Wade Miley, and just a smidge of fulton I, You know, I capped fulton a little bit. But I, I think everybody, right, had James... Uh, I think a lot of people at Glass now. I see uh, uh, Arroyo in there at Hauser. I liked Hauser too, thankfully. Right, we we got the Undertaker dot GIF uh, after that game had the rain delay. He was able to come out and score some points. Uh, so the difference between him and Glass now wasn't as stark as it would have been if that game got rained out. Um, but that that was just my overall thoughts on the slate. And you can see, I guess I was sort of somewhere in the middle. I didn't just go all Glass now. Like some of these guys, I like to give myself a couple of outs and I like to create, you know, some leverage somewhere on my teams 
that when I'm making lineups, I'm just not always playing with the highest owned, you know, teams or the highest owned pitchers. That's just not how I like to play MLB DFS. Um, so here's sort of the lay of the land on pitchers. Uh, you can see too, I pulled up, this is the $10, right? I know this is a little more um, palatable for people to put a lot of entries in. Uh, I've got Haas the Beast in here. Uh, this dude ended up shipping. He max entered literally just all in glass now and Hauser. Uh, you know, there, there's certain ways to play. I don't know if I would have played that way, but you can see E. Hafner, right? A really good DFS player. I think one of the better baseball uh, MME players out there. All in on two pitchers. Uh, McLovin, you know, plays his projections out there. All in on two pitchers. Um, there weren't a lot of options. Osimo, again, his ownerships really did carry from contest to contest. You know, the same two pitchers for him. And Brandon Adams, I picked him out because I think he's a, a pretty sharp mind. He went with Montgomery. Um, got some leverage off of, you know, glass now, but there's a lot of ways to play baseball, right? And on results DB, you can sort of look at what some of the top professionals are doing. The guys who are really, um, putting in 150 entries, every single contest playing, uh, max entering the highest buy-in contest, sort of get into their head and see what they're doing. Um, and it's just interesting to take a look at it. So I, I found, you know, I, I don't think I would have ever gone all in on two pitchers. I, I know that sort of made a little bit of sense last night. Just go overweight. You really like them, but that's not my particular play style, but it does work out uh, for certain people. And, and Haas won last night. Uh, he won 100000 here. So that obviously worked out for him over here. Uh, what did you guys do for bats? Uh, I see a couple of you guys have thrown in into chat your pitching thoughts. Uh, I'm going to go back to last night and we'll take a look at my player exposures for hitters. And let's see here. Uh, there's no utility. So I guess I can't just get the pitchers out of here. We'll do all positions, but you can sort of see what I did last night. Basically we had the Red Sox. We're going to be the highest owned stack of the night. And I like to get a, a little bit of leverage on a pitcher spot. My spot last night was glass. Now I wish I would have done it with Josh James instead. Uh, but my leverage spot was to basically not use a ton of Red Sox overall. You can see my highest own Red Sox bat was um, Peraza, you know, at 11%, JD Martinez at 11%, uh, which allowed me to basically get leverage on every single other stack that was out there. You can see my summaries, right? I had Cubs, Royals, Royals, Mets. These Royals, Mets teams look so good, but I just, I had, they were all with James. A lot of them, um, you know, none of them really had glass now. Uh, it, if I would have just had a little more glass now, I would have had myself a really, really, really good night. Um, I, I managed to make a couple of bucks, uh, mainly because the Royals, you can see here, um, were, were very heavily populated in my top stack. And, and all I really did uh, was on my build rules. Ownership last night, uh, this is what I always do, is I always run lineups. Uh, I basically get all what I wanted, right? You can see I didn't really care about salary last night because if you move the salary up too much, you just weren't going to be able to get combinations of certain teams. I didn't want to do that. Um, and, and the ownership was coming in at like 350, 360 on some of the highest end teams that you could make last night. And what I pretty much always do is I cut that, you know, by maybe 20% to 33% on a given night. You know, if I, if I'm doing a quick and dirty ownership and it, it allows you to just basically get away from all the, the teams that other people are going to have, probably give you a unique team. Maybe I use Boston, but it get, puts them a little lower down in the order. Um, so just like that's a that's a little trick I used to do. I, I usually do. I talk about it on some of the other shows I've done with Blender, uh, but that just gets me away from sort of the the ultra chalky hand built teams people are doing. And if people aren't factoring an ownership uh, at all, that just sort of gets me away from some of those teams. Uh, so what you can see, I also did, uh, I ran some five threes, mostly five twos. That's, I don't know, on DraftKings at least, that's pretty much what I do on a day-to-day -day basis. And, uh, you know, I basically went underweight on the Red Sox. I purposefully wanted to make sure I was underweight on the Red Sox, right? You can see here, 
their cumulative ownership was going to be pretty high. If you go to the Slate IQ tool, that's for premium members. That was really projecting Boston to be extremely highly owned. So I purposefully just made sure I wasn't going to get a lot of Boston in my stacks here and basically let the the, the optimizer with the bat projections, with a couple of pitching choices I made, um, really just sort of spit out what were the, the the best theoretical lineups on that. But but my stance was really going underweight on the Red Sox. The first couple of days of baseball DFS, right? The chalk was going nuts. All the favorites were scoring a lot of runs. Uh, I figured the public would probably keep on that trend a little bit. And, uh, you know, just baseball, right? It just it doesn't work how you think it's going to work. Josh James, we all think he's going to have a great start. He does nothing. We think the Red Sox are going to score 15 runs. They don't. And then the Rays and the Royals all score a bunch of runs. And, you know, baseball is a sport where it really pays to be different. And if the chalk player underperforms, you really get a big edge because chalk players underperform all the time in baseball. And that's just typically uh, sort of what, what my my thought was supposed to do last night. Uh, we can go back to my lineups. Yeah, I used one, one unique last night, one for a couple of reasons. Um, lineup HQ was giving me a little bit of problem, you know, 15, 20 minutes before lock. I wasn't, I, I, I was going to use two, uh, but with all the restrictions I had put in place, I just, I was getting, uh, I don't know, 60 out of a hundred teams and I, I just couldn't get it to work. Uh, so I went down to one unique and I was able to get my hundred lineups pretty easily uh, that way. So this is sort of what I did uh, last night, uh, you know, in lineup HQ. And if you're using it to, to multi-enter, uh, here's a here's a sort of quick look at, you know, my particular thoughts on the slate last night uh, in lineup HQ. So wh- what do you guys think about that? Uh, what we can also do is let's take a look at some hitters uh, that these guys use. So Wings of Liberty, congratulations, dude. You won, um, you know, I think it was $200,000 in this one, $200,000. And dude was very concentrated last night. And when you're concentrated and you hit, you're going to have a multiple teams in the top 10, right? You, he got first, he got seventh. Uh, I would imagine he's got another one in here, maybe not. Uh, yeah, a couple down here in 39th, right? But he he went concentrated, and because he hit, you know, gives himself multiple chances to sort of ship the whole thing if he's right on his take. Um, a little high risk. You can certainly lose all your money uh, on a given night, right? If the Royals didn't score a bajillion runs, uh, is, is he going to end up winning this tournament? Absolutely not. But when it does hit, it gives you multiple ways. Um, that's sort of how Wakey Wakey plays. Again, I don't think there's a right way to play or a wrong way to play, specifically when you're looking at all of these, you know, top players that typically do well night in, night out. But you can see, right, Whit Merrifield, 32 fantasy points. He had Solaire. Uh, he had McNeil. Mondesi, what a bum Mondesi was. You can see basically everybody was reasonably – high on Mondesi, you know, at 23%. You really needed Whip Merrifield. I I ended up using Merrifield in cash. I hadn't really done much this year, but always a player capable of putting up big games. Uh, And that that matchup, uh, looking back on it, that made a lot of sense to use the Royals last night. Uh, But, yeah, he he had a very condensed player pool, right? I don't think I had over – if I go back to what I did last night, this is just how I like to play – Let's see, where's my lineups? My highest owned hitter was Jorge Soler, right? 34%, 33 on Alonzo, 32 on Perez. That's probably, you know, there weren't a lot of teams to end up using last night, but that's about where I like to be, where he went really concentrated. If Merrifield doesn't have 32, right, he's not really sniffing a lot of money last night. And you can see, you know, Squirrel Patrol, his highest owned, 31%. Uh, Wakey plays a little more concentrated. He was up towards 50%. Uh, Uticao really likes, uh, you can tell he really plays his projections and his projections, uh, looked like he liked the Cubs a little bit last night, along with the Royals. Uh, they're sort of littered all over his, uh, Papa Gates tends to play a little more spread out exactly what I would have expected from him. Uh, you know, as a highest owned player, probably at a cap somewhere of around 25%. And usually, 
Uh, awesome. sort of does sort of the same thing as well. Uh, creates, you know, the portfolio approach. You pick a lot of teams, uh, not all the teams, you, you know, spread it out your risk. So on a single day, uh, you're not going to lose all your money. Uh, sort of like the stock portfolio approach, a diversified approach. I like to play sort of that way as well. Um, so it's really interesting just to, to overall take a look at what some of these guys' highest players are. Who did they fade, right? The field, high on Salvador Perez. Uh, you can see Wakey very high on Salvador Perez. Uh, and looks like Wakey got leverage off of J.D. Martinez, right? No J.D. Martinez. Uh, the winner, right? J.D. Martinez is four points. Unsurprising that he is very underweight, J.D. Martinez, when when he doesn't perform. So I, I just like to fade generally these highest-owned players. Um, I guess Salvador Perez is probably high-owned because his price was so cheap on DraftKings last night that he just sort of fit into a lot of optimizer builds as a cheap catcher. And if he's getting piled in, you're probably going to get Solaire. Uh, you know, and, and Mondesi too. Mondesi, just a, a big zero. Uh, use results DB to go over what what these people are doing night in, night out. See what the winner did. See what their exposures were. Uh, and, and create yourself your own play style that you can recreate night in, night out, whether it's one entry, right? If I'm playing one entry, am I, was I going to stack? Uh, Glass now and James of the Red Sox last night. That is a losing proposition in the long run because you just have to get everything else around that right and, you know, against everybody else that's piling in all the chalk into their lineups, right? So I would never play that way. Try to figure out what some of the best players in the world are doing. Use the tools, watch the show, and just try to create your own play style night in, night out that's repeatable, that's a good process, Understand how to use lineup HQ or your own process mentally. If you're hand building a couple of teams every night, a repeatable process and MLB, that's how you become a good player. As long as you know, your repeatable process makes it makes a little bit of sense here. Uh, I see a couple of questions in here. Uh, let's see here. Uh, being different in MLB is important. This is from Steven Smith. I am not as experienced as MLB as other sports, but with the twins, uh, the twin stack would be different or Oakland. I'm assuming that's talking about tonight's slate. Uh, let me go to tonight's slate. Uh, so let's see. It all really depends on ownership. So let's see if we have ownership up for tonight. And we don't yet. So without ownership, always a little tough to try to figure things out. I'm sure that'll be up a, a little bit later. Actually, that's the classic. Let me go to the slate and see if Jamino's uploaded it for here yet. Usually comes in some point during the show. Nope, still no ownership. But you can see right, Minnesota, big total tonight. I think they're going to be reasonably popular. I think people are catching on. Vegas is definitely catching on that Minnesota uh, can have themselves you know, some big bats and their lineup really just plays for DFS, right? Kepler, Polanco get on, you know, Donaldson, Cruz hits a home run, Rosario hits a home run, Sano hits a home run. You can get a lot of points really fast with the Twins. Uh, But it really all depends on what the projected ownership is going to look like, uh, Steve, basically every day. And if I noticed, I thought the Red Sox were just going to be too heavily owned last night. And so I just limit them in my player pool. I don't want to be playing a team I think is going to be ultra high owned, especially if I think there are other teams that can compete pretty easily for uh, having the highest run total at the end of the night. So we saw like, I like the Mets. I like the Royals a little bit last night. Uh, I thought they were both in good spots. The Red Sox getting uh, a ton of ownership. My particular decision, both by in lineup HQ, right? I made uh, in my stacks page, I specifically made sure I want underweight Boston. And then uh, I also made sure, you know, that was like my hitter leverage. And then my pitcher leverage, uh, I, I decided to get that with glass now, which obviously didn't work out for me. But I like to have, you know, specific leverage spots on both ends, one a pitcher, uh, one, of the, one of the highest owned stacks of the night, and then sort of run my teams for that uh, personal decisions. And then, of course, the other way, right, is if you run teams like here, let me – 
I guess I could, let's see if this works. Uh, if I take off ownership and let me just make a couple of lineups from last night. Let me just see what happens here. Uh, looks like I'm still going to be able to get it. And I'll, I'll kind of show you what my overall thoughts were. Um, so I got a couple of lineups. But anyway, you could see uh, if you have lineup HQ and you go to total P own, right, you can see here, I'm getting good lineups, but they're 309%, 243, right? I didn't make enough Boston because my Boston stack's only coming in once. But when I see James with glass now with a Boston stack coming in at 309%, I don't, I don't want that team in my overall player pool. So that's why I had this set at 225 last night, because that would just eliminate me from getting this team in my particular output. Like I don't want the ultra chalky team with the ultra chalky pitchers with a couple of chalky one-offs, that team just is not for me in tournaments. That's how I choose to play. If you're good playing all the chalk players and you uh, are really good at picking out the stack that's going to perform the most, even when the rest of the field's doing it, by all means, feel free to do it. But uh, if you're not factoring some form of ownership into your builds at this point in time in DFS, you know, maybe five years ago, you could just play the best plays every day and you could make money hand over fists. Uh, you can't really do that nowadays. People are too good. The software is too good. Um, there's so many sites out there providing information. The average player is smarter. You have to factor in ownership one way or another, whether you're doing it mentally or whether you're doing it algorithmically on lineup HQ or something like that. But these are a couple of the ways I do it basically uh, every night. Uh, on lineup HQ. Uh, let's see. So Traff TV has got a question on lineup HQ. If you are trying to game stack two teams in the same game, how do you tell lineup HQ to do that in the rules? Um, so a couple of ways you can probably do that is I would, I would just focus, uh, I would go game by game probably on that, right? Like if I wanted to make sure I have, let's pretend I wanted to make 50 lineups for the night but I want to do five game stacks 10 times. I hope, hope that math makes sense to you guys. So what I would do is I would just go team by team, right? I would just set everything at zero. Let me zero everything out here. And let's pretend, like, watch this. Watch how smart I am. We're going to do 100% raise. Uh, well, actually, I would, I'll just do it this way. We'll do 60. Watch how smart I am. I'm going to stack the Rays with the Royals. All right, let's let's see how this comes out. And i got to make sure I have enough of those guys in my player pool. I should. And I should get... No, I probably don't have enough in my player pool. Let's see what I did wrong here. Oh, uh, the stacks don't. Let's see. Yeah, that's fine. That's not going to be a big problem if I did that. Um, maybe I'll go to tonight. I'll use tonight as a, as a quick example. Uh, so let's see. I'll go to 10 teams. And I would just do 5-3. Let's pretend I wanted all a game stack of this game. I like to go a little over 100%. Yeah, so we'll use a game stack here. Sorry about that. So let's pretend I like to go a little over 100% total on my exposures. It just lets the math behind the scenes work just a little better based off all my experience of, of using sort of lineup HQ uh, over the years. So I, I aim, if I'm really trying to dial in my exposures, um, something like a 110 to 120% instead of you know, trying to nail everything at, at exactly 100% down here. But if I just wanted a game stack here, uh, I'm going to make 10 lineups, right? I've got my my 10 stacks. Uh, you can go through them or you can just sort of rely on the projections. And what you do is you save them. So right here, I would save all lineups. It would be nice, right? And maybe I can put this to the team if I can just be like, hey, create a couple game stacks, right? I, one, I don't think game stacks necessarily mean anything in baseball but if you wanted to do it this way I would then save my 10 
right? And then I would go to the next team that I want, right? So I would zero these out and then I would go down here, right? And again, I would do something like this. And I'm gonna get game stacks of this now. And you just combine them. So I didn't get, you know, positional wise or something, it's not letting me do them. Um, but then I would just save these lineups now. So I would save all lineups. And then in my saved lineups, I've got my different game stacks. I've got my Tigers Royals. If I scroll down here, I've got my Pirates Brewers. And then you would just export from this screen into your CSV. You can save them and, and they're just there for you. So that's that's how I would create game stacks on Lineup HQ. Uh, I don't think you need game stacks, right, in baseball. It's a little different than basketball. If games go into extra innings now, it's, you know, somewhat unlikely. You get like a 17-inning game, which is one of the reasons you might want to try for game stacks. It just it doesn't really happen anymore. Uh, so I'm pretty much – I'm not ever going to absolutely try to force game stacks into my lineups in baseball in this particular season. Um, if there are no ace pitchers to go with, hey, that was last night and tonight, what factors would you consider to pick your pitchers in a slate with average to bad pitchers? Um, so let's go. Jonathan, we got tonight's slate up, and, like, you know, we've got the bat pitchers up from the early slate or from the whole, the entire slate here. And the highest projected pitcher is under 13 DraftKings points tonight. Absolute garbage pitching slate. So what this is going to happen to me in tournaments is it's really going to come down to ownership. If the projections for pitchers tonight are so close together, I want to mix it up, right? I want to mix it up between a bunch of players and hopefully, or maybe a stronger take emerges throughout the day. Maybe some guy's pitch count goes a little bit higher. Um, I want variance in my pitchers, especially if Kyle, like I like Kyle Gibson to me early. He's one of the pitchers I have a lot of interest in. Uh, he's 9,700. I don't know. We'll have to see where the ownership comes in. But if, if, two guys, if Merrill Kelly and Kyle Gibson are basically projected at the same, and one of them, let's pretend Kyle Gibson's 40% owned and Merrill Kelly's 5% owned. I want to use more Merrill Kelly than Kyle Gibson. You know, I, I want maybe 20% Merrill Kelly and I would be, you know, 10 to 15% Kyle Gibson in my head because their projections are so close. But if the ownership is so skewed, to one player when the ownership and the salary, right? The ownership and the salary match between these two players. If it was between Patrick Sandoval and Kyle Gibson, right? You got to take salary into account. But when two guys who are close in the same salary um, have close to the same projection, but the ownership is way off, that's where limiting something either over here in your max exposure, maybe I would set 20% max Kyle Gibson, and maybe I would set 15% minimum Merrill Kelly, right? So now I'm leveraging the ownership in my builds because the projections are so close. So hopefully that makes sense. Really everything just comes down to ownership at the end of the slate. Um, that's what I'm using to sort of figure out. I know Jamino does a, a really good job on the ownership. I trust his projections. If I think something's going to be wrong, you know, if I think Kyle Gibson's going to be 42% owned, am I going to change it? Probably not. But if I think Kyle Gibson's going to be 62% owned, I can change projected ownership now. I wouldn't try to figure everyone else out, but I would, you know, if, you know, sometimes I'll have my own takes, right? As good as Jamino's projections are, I like to give my own input, you know, for a couple of reasons where I'm not always playing the same teams as everybody else. But that that's how I sort of factor in ownership and projections on a slate like this if one guy is really drawing enough ownership and it doesn't make a lot of sense like if any pitcher becomes the the go-to everyone's going to tonight you hear him on the later shows you see him in cheese's article the projection has him as the highest owned and it really doesn't make a lot of sense compared to other people in the salary range i'm going to mix it up quite a bit i'm going to fade ownership uh you will fade the players that are the highest owned use players that are under own and embrace the variance that MLB can bring to you. It's not like basketball where if LeBron James is the highest owned player and the highest projected player by a wide margin, 
odds are dude's going to be the highest scoring player on the night. That's how basketball works. Or baseball, uh, it's completely opposite, where the highest owned player can get you a zero or actually go negative as a pitcher. So it's, it's okay to embrace the variance, in my opinion, in baseball. Hopefully that makes sense to you. Uh, Steve is in here. Uh, so if it's a bad pitching slate and ownership is close, would it be better to punt and pitcher and load up on bats? Sure, right? Like I sometimes what I'll do is I'll, I'll actually – I'll combine a couple of the bat projections, right? I'll take the ceiling. Um, I'll go into the bat, uh, you know, and maybe take like the 60th percentile for hitters uh, off the bat. It just gives a little bit more influence to stacks, right? We've got a big slate tonight with a lot of big totals. I, I, I still think at this point in time in the season, bats win you games or a, a team wins you a game's not pitching. If one of these pitchers goes out and throws 30 fantasy points tonight, you're going to need that guy. I can pretty much tell you that because not too many others are going to do that. But I, I want bats. Bats are my focus. Um, I'll take a stand or two on pitching based on ownership. But, yes, I do think bats are more important um, as it stands right now, and specifically tonight because, I mean, 12, 13 fantasy points from your highest projected pitcher tonight, not, not good. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, focus on bats pitching to me is basically it's going to fall where it's going to fall and I'll, I'll account for ownership as that comes in towards the end of the day and don't forget too if ownership comes up at eleven thirty, can change quite a bit by six o'clock at night uh, can change a lot by six thirty at night so make sure you're not taking for granted what shows up at 11 o'clock it can help you get an idea but what what's in there at six thirty? Right when I'm making my final lineups, I'll build maybe three or four times between six thirty and seven o'clock. That's when the ownership's going to be the most accurate. That's where I'm really making my decisions on trying to factor in who I'm playing, why I'm playing them, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so yeah, don't uh, you know this show's er- great for early, um, but really I- I'm not looking at ownership at any given point in time in the morning. I'm focusing maybe four o'clock, five o'clock is when I really start looking at it. Uh, and then, you know, of course, the 6 to 6.30 when I'm not on the shows and things like that, that's where I'm really making ownership decisions. Or, uh, you know, if I run lineups tonight and the highest owned chalk lineups come in at a, at 150, per, you know, 150 total lineup ownership, um, you know, and I'm running out of time to make decisions, I, I would just set a quick and dirty of something like 115, right? I'm just chopping off all of the absolute chalkiest lineups from possibly showing up on my teams for the day. That's what I, that's something I like to do if, if I can't get into the ebbs and flows of particular fades and things like that. Um, if you guys got any more questions, shoot them to me in chat on YouTube. Again, if you like the show, give us a like right? It lets us know we're doing a good job over here. You can subscribe too. We've got basketball coming up. Uh, I looked at the Roto-Grinder schedule for August. Um, We color code everything on the back end. It's a Christmas tree. There's shows 24-7. Sorry, Devin, you're going to be very busy, but if you wanted to uh, always get notified when a show goes live on the YouTube page, click the subscribe button. Uh, We'll let you notify on that for all of our free shows and Uh, You can interact with all of us uh, on the YouTubes as well. Uh, Let's see here. Also, again, guys, don't forget, if you are premium and you have a monthly site subscription, you can upgrade to the specialist package. So what this is is PSU fans and Fear My Turtle, they've been around in DFS for a long time, uh, competing at high levels. They focus on the niche sports, right, MMA, NHL, Soccer, sports, esports, tennis, college football, if we get it, college basketball, if we get it. For the next 30 days, you can upgrade and get all of that for free, integrated into Lineup HQ if you wanted to test your uh, hand at some of the other sports and get any write ups they might do. Uh, it will be included for free for 30 days. If you wanted to continue it afterwards, there's a page right on Roto Grinders. If you click it, the top link, it brings you to it. It tells you what you're getting and it explains the pricing on, on your billing once the, the 30 days is over. Uh, and it's a, a nice addition 
I, I just don't have time, right? The wife would kill me if I if I tell the, the wife, hey, I got to play MMA tonight and then soccer's on and I got to play college basketball and I got to get my golf lineups in, she'd kill me, right? So I do I do the main sports. That's all I really have time for. But if you like the niche sports, I think there's a little bit more of an edge in them, honestly, than there is trying to figure out basketball or baseball. Uh, you can get that for free on Roto-Grinders and the specialist package. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about tonight. I'll refresh one more time. We'll see if Jamino it looks like this was yesterday. So this is my page for tonight. Uh, let's refresh one more time. Pitching's changing. Uh, people get scratched every day. I still don't have ownership. So, you know, if I had to guess, one of, one of the things I like to do early in the morning is go to hitters. Uh, I use the bat, you know, the standard mean projections as sort of my go-to if I'm just trying to, to figure some things out. And I look at point per dollar really to sort of see who's really popping on point per dollar. And I got to be honest, it looks like the Royals are going to be pretty popular today. We've got, um, they've got their cheap prices from last night. They've got bad pitching they're going up against here. They just went off for a bunch of runs. The, what did you do yesterday crowd is going to be playing some Royals today. They're looking like they're going to be pretty popular. Uh, I'm going to have to see, it looks like they're not really popping in the highest overall projections, but the point per dollar, which really guides optimizers around the industry, uh, looks like the Royals, at least to the bat, look pretty good there. Um, let's see here. Uh, Donnie Watson's got a question. As an example, you go to Slate IQ, a team is 6% to win, owned at 5%, creating leverage. How much are you setting as a max and stacks page? Uh, a six to win, owned at 5%, that, that's like what, a 20%? I don't concern myself really with let me see if Slate IQ is even up from last night. It might be. Probably not, but let's see if I can find it from last night. I'll show you what I look at on Slate IQ. Yeah, here it is. Look at this. So let's use this real quick. So here's Slate IQ from last night, Donnie. Now, do I always listen to Slate IQ? I certainly do not. Um, you know, I'm my own player. I do what I want, right? It's you that's putting in the lineups. But you could see last night... <clears throat> This is what I was getting at. Boston, massive ownership, pretty negative leverage. In fact, it was the most negative leverage team on the slate. When I see the highest owned team, uh, the field's using them, but they're not really supposed to be the winner, right? Like I, so I, I did not look at Slate IQ last night. I had too many things going on. But Slate IQ is exactly what I had in my head last night, right? Huge ownership. Fields using them too much. In my mind, I wanted to be underweight because I thought they were going to be a negative leverage team. And Slate IQ absolutely agreed with that take. Um, that's why I was underweight Boston. I concern myself generally with the extremes, right? The, the highest negative leverage and the highest couple positive leverage teams last night. Now the Rays were negative leverage. Um, you know, they, they had one of the lowest ownerships on the slate too. So, you know, if you're looking for low owned teams too, right? Atlanta, right. It was against glass now, but just, just think about why Atlanta was the highest leverage team. There's a couple of reasons, right? One, they were the lowest owned team or one of the lowest owned teams. And it was base and it's baseball. Anything can happen in baseball. The other thing, right. Is that they're, they're going against glass now who was projected to be the second highest owned pitcher on the slate. So just think in your head, if Atlanta at low ownership as a batter, you know, as bats has a good game, not only does no one else have them, but you're also knocking out 40 to 50% of the field that has glass now. Interesting in baseball, you can do that. You can sort of get double leverage in, in baseball and things like that. Um, you know, no one was really using Boston or, or Mets pitching, so you didn't really get it there. But, but I like, you know, taking a shot. You know, if you were playing, uh, you know, 10 lineups, I didn't mind having an Atlanta team last night, right? No one was on them, but you get sort of the double leverage. That's sort of how I use Slate IQ. I look at the extremes. If something's like negative 2% leverage, like this is just, there's some math errors. There's a lot of things that go into Slate IQ. This, this whole area here, I don't really concern myself with too often. 
what I'm looking at on Slate IQ is I'm looking at the extremes on both ends, and that's where I, I would sort of take stands on if you use it as a tool every day. The, the things in the middle, some math errors, right, maybe the projections we have don't match up with what the field's doing, right? Like, so these are all really, you know, up in the air in my opinion. But the Atlanta, right, no matter how you shook it last night, Atlanta was an extremely high leverage team, and Boston – you were probably going to lose money in the long run stacking Boston. Uh, I agree completely with what Slate IQ spit out last night on the extreme end. So that's sort of how I use it as a tool every night. Uh, and again, this this comes out at like 4 o'clock in the afternoon, right? And it's going to be a different. You can see the last update, 45 minutes before lock. Check this at 6.30, right? I didn't last night. Um but I would have, uh, you know, I'll, I'll look at it tonight on the big slate and I'll see what is the most extreme negative leverage team. I'm probably going to be underweight that team in tournaments. What's the most extreme positive leverage team? I'm going to make sure I get that, whether I have to manually boost up their projections or manually give Atlanta, you know, minimum ownership or something like that. That's how I would have done something like that in HQ last night. So hopefully that helps you out, Donnie. Uh, that's how I use something like Slate IQ every night. Um, Valerie's in here. I stack Seattle against James, right? I think that makes a lot of sense, right? In some lineups, you can see Seattle low owned, positive leverage, and then you take out 60% of the field, right? That's using Josh James. And if you played high stakes, you're taking out 70% of the field, right? That's using Josh James right so when you're playing these ultra large field tournaments with a stack nobody's using and then you take out 60 percent of the field that now you know has a really tough time to win if that pitcher busts that makes a lot of sense to me uh you don't have to go all in on teams like that uh probably a losing proposition in the long run but sprinkling in a couple of those seattle or atlanta stacks against the highest owned pitchers definitely made sense last night because we had no clue what anybody's going to do in pitching last night. So, and I think you can do that again today. If, if certain pitchers have a ton of ownership tonight on a big slate, feel free to stack against them because um, pitching's pretty garbage overall tonight. Um, Donnie, this will be the last question. If you guys have anything else, shoot it into uh, the YouTube chat. Um, so Donnie, he's asking, how overweight are you going to be on a team that is owned by the field 4%? Are you trying to apply 12 to 15%? Um, I think that's reasonable. I'm, I'm generally maybe 2x the field if I like that team. Where I get all my leverage is I, I'm basically underweight the highest owned team of the night by a pretty good margin. And that basically gives me leverage on almost every other team that I'm playing. That's how I like to play. That I don't, I'm not saying that's the right way to play. I don't think there's a real wrong way to play baseball DFS. It's very random, but that's what I do. So just by playing a couple of Red Sox or not really playing any Red Sox stacks last night, no matter what I did, I'm basically overweight on everything else, which is fine for what I wanted to do on a small slate. So tonight, let's pretend, let's find the highest total. Um, the Angels got a big total. Uh, Minnesota's got a big total. Um, Milwaukee's got a big total. So if Milwaukee's the highest owned team of the night and it's by a wide margin, I will be underweight Milwaukee tonight. I can guarantee you on DraftKings. And if not have zero of them at all in my stacks. And that basically just gets me leverage everywhere else throughout the way. So that's sort of how I like to play. Uh, yes, yeah, so you in theory, you want positive leverage in Slate IQ. So let me bring that back up. I'll do this as my as my last uh, here it is here. So like, do you want to play all? Did you want to go all in on Atlanta and Seattle last night? Absolutely not, right? But all this is telling you is if you do mix them in, that in in theory, they're good teams to stack for the night to have a little bit of exposure to. Uh, that's how I take slate IQ, you know, and another one is like, like Houston, right? Big bats, a little slow start, positive leverage. They have a big game, right? That made a lot of sense to use last night instead of Boston, right? Who's three times is Boston 
three times as likely to outscore Houston on any given slate, no matter who the pitcher is? No, absolutely not. So that's how I view these things. So that would have lended me to, to play a little bit more Houston. And I think, let's see here. Let me go to my lineups. Did I have a good amount of Houston? Let's find out what I did last night. Uh, oh, I lost last night because I built a couple of lineups here. Let's, let me make sure I don't have it here. Yep, I lost what I did last night. So uh, anyway, in general, that's sort of how I use. Yeah, high leverage negative, Donnie, right? I think you're onto something here. So again, I don't really concern myself with this. The middle part, I'm, I'm basically looking at, is the highest owned team overowned? Boston, huge ownership, pretty extreme negative leverage. Probably not going to have a lot of Boston teams. That's the main thing I would look at it. And then I would look at what are the highest leverage teams? Atlanta. Well, that makes sense because they're going up against one of the highest owned pitchers. And then Seattle's also next. Just because a team has high positive leverage doesn't mean I'm playing a million teams of them, right? It's in relation to their ownership. So if Atlanta is going to be owned in 1% of stacks, right? 1% of all the teams are going to have an Atlanta stack. Maybe I have 2% of my teams or 3% of my teams as Atlanta stacks, right? I'm, I'm double, triple leverage the field on something like that. That's all you really need when you're trying to do some of those things. Um, in, in lineup HQ, if you're making a lot of teams. Uh, for tonight, guys, uh, I, I don't really have a lot of ownership. And I got to be honest, tonight's really going to come down to ownership. because uh, Pitching so bad, there's a lot of good bats out there. There's a little bit of weather popping around out there if you read Ross weather report but check lineup HQ a little later in the day if one pitcher is garnering a bunch of ownership more than everybody else uh, I would be apt to probably be a little underweight that pitcher and if if one stack or uh, a certain hitter is so highly owned don't be afraid to be a little underweight then because it's a wide open baseball season tonight there are a lot of good teams with four and a half five run totals and if uh, any of them really end up uh, overly owned, uh, it's okay to be a little underweight them or not even really use the highest on team of the night. That's how I like to play. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this again on your way out of here. If you didn't already, give us a like, subscribe. We've got baseball, basketball's coming up. Football's right around the corner. It looks like they're going to, uh, at least as it stands right now, attempt to sort of forge ahead in, in the COVID era. Uh, you'll always get notified if you subscribe on YouTube. Um, yeah, and just pay attention to everything's going on here at Roto-Grinders. There's a lot of stuff. Uh, the tools are amazing. The price is cheap. Have fun out there and enjoy Roto-Grinders. Uh, if you guys got any other questions, tune into Crunch Time later tonight. They'll interact with you for premium members uh, in the final little bit of that show if you got any questions on the slate as it draws near. Other than that, use all the tools, read the articles, and have yourself a good night. Uh, I'm Britt. Thanks for watching, everybody, and we out you.